again But it's the only way you're ever gonna learn You look back and it's all in the past I'm dwelling on the thoughts I cannot say to you If I don't say the words then maybe it's not true Good morning. Welcome along to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Ray. Tuesday, it means it's Ross Gregory. Good morning, Ross. Morning, Steve. Morning, everyone. Good to see you. Morning to everybody in the chat and the moderators. And uh, as always, we're here to look back at the last seven days at Newcastle United. And if you've got any questions for Ross, uh, get them in and we'll ask them throughout the show. So, Ross, uh, we wanted two wins going into the international break. We got them, and that was a, a, a comprehensive performance. I think the um, you know the you know the chat that we had on the forum last night. I think a lot of people felt it was probably the best performance we've had since the turn of the year. Um, Newcastle playing well, and um, all you know, all all being said about you know not being able to score goals. You know, two goals, four game, um, four goals in two games. Sorry, it's been you know it's it, there's been an improvement, hasn't there, since that uh, cup final defeat. Yes, yes, without a shadow of doubt, there's certainly been um, there's certainly been an improvement. I think it's I think it's only right to to say that even though the performances uh, or the results kind of dipped in and around the cup final, and and certainly you know Newcastle haven't been as as um, as fluent and as good since the turn of the year as what they as what they were before the before the World Cup. I think it's still fair to say that in the main, the performances have, have still been pretty decent. I think across the board, you know, you you look at the the run of games, the the you know the Liverpool game um, down to ten men after after twenty five minutes or, or whatever it was, and, and still created chances. Still, um, you know, was still a threat. Was still you know gave Liverpool a, a, a real run for their money. Um, Man City was still a. a it was a very good performance at times. The 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 cup final against against Man United was a was a decent performance. It's just be you know you in them three games you're up against real top quality opposition who were at the at the top of the league for for a reason. The, the you know really strong squads, world class players um, throughout throughout their teams. Um, but Newcastle still still competed with them. Still, um, I think for me still. Still more than held their own in in large chunks of that game, so um, didn't get the results that that they probably wanted. And then the last couple of games, it's just um, it's 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 been against a no disrespect, but a, a, a lesser caliber of, of opponent in Wolves and, and Forest. That said, you know Forest, we talked about it on the show last last week. Steve had an excellent home record, a, a really strong at, at the City Ground, um, and that was a tough tough. Test for Newcastle going there, and um, I thought the performance was was really really good. Uh, you know, you can you can be hypercritical and say you know the game could have been out of sight by by after half an hour before uh, before Forrest took the lead. You know, if if chances had been taken, a little bit of, a little bit of bad luck would work hit a couple of times that sort of thing. In second half, obviously the Elliot Anderson um, goal is a bone of contention, and we might touch on that later. Um, but there was other chances that were that were squandered and, and and had to rely almost on a on a last gasp an injury time penalty. But the overall performance was really really good. You know, it dominated against a, um, a fired up Forest side, dominated the the game more than deserved the the victory. Um, and it, it like you say, Steve, it just puts them in a in a good mood in a good place going into into the international break. I think the biggest compliment we can pay the midfield, Ross, is that we didn't miss Joe Linton in either of those two games. And um, you know, you've got to give, you've got to give special praise to to Joe Willock, who's come in and done a fantastic job alongside uh, alongside Sean Longstaff. Um, you know, the the two of them have been you know massive in the last two games. They have, they absolutely have. Joe Willock's been outstanding. He was outstanding against Wolves, I thought, and he was very very good against uh, against Forest again. Um, I, I put on Twitter. I, I put a post on Twitter after the game on, against Forest on Friday night. That for me, Joe Linton doesn't get back in that midfield against Man United um, in the next game. He doesn't. He doesn't get back in because the midfield looks really, really well balanced with um, with Bruno, Sean Longstaff, and and Willick. I asked for people's opinions on Twitter, and I got a, I got 
some people agreeing with me. I got some people disagreeing. There's, there's the usual way people who, who, who will, you know, who thought Sean Longstaff needs to, to needs a rest or needs to be taken out, and Joe Linton could come in for him. Um, not for me. I think the, the balance of that of that um, of that midfield, the energy, the legs in there, um, you know, the, the goal scoring threat. Willock was, like I say, was was outstanding again. You know. Great, great work for the for the uh, for Alexander Isaac's first goal, and he was a he was a constant threat. So no, they didn't they didn't miss Jolinton in, in in those two games. And if you if you think how important he's become to, to Newcastle's team, the fact that um, that he wasn't missed in those two games was a was a real um, a real bonus for Eddie Howe. He had other players stepping up to the up to the plate. I think Jolinton will probably still come back in against Man United. By the way, I think he'll he'll, he'll Potentially come in on that left-hand side of the front three in in, in place of, um, of ASM. That's a, that's another option, and, and and have that big Joe, little Joe kind of left-hand side um, attacking attacking um, uh, link-up partnership. But that mid, but as in terms of the midfield, I thought I thought the balance of it has been really really good, and uh, and I'm delighted to see Joe getting getting back to form. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, Elliot Anderson. As well, I mean, we've got a feel for the lad, haven't we? He, you know, he, he came in and rattled the bar, and then scored what I think we've all probably think now was it was it was a you know a legitimate goal. He had it choked off, and there was uh, you know, with similarities to Gaza being told he wasn't going to play in the World Cup final. You know, the, the kid had tears in his eyes, um, you know, and then you know, then you know, pulled himself together, started getting the team, you know, up for it, and you know, it'll come, it'll come, kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean. Great performance by him, and I think really proved that you know he's he's got the faith of Eddie Howe, and rightly so. He has, he has. He, he it was a really um, it was a really bold move, I thought, by by, by Eddie Howe. Now well, he said after the game that that ESM had been struggling with a with a bit of a hamstring uh, tightness during the first half and potentially in training. I think um, I think I still think that was a bold call. I mean, to, to bring Elliot Anderson into that into that um, team for the second half, right right on half time, he could have kept ASM out there. I'm fairly certain that he could have done. He could have he, he you know he could have given him another five or ten minutes, but he was bold and brave and said, "Look, Elliot Anderson, you you deserve your uh, your chance." You know, he's he's ahead of people like I know Matt Matt Ritchie's approaching the end of his Newcastle career but he's you know he could have gone for Matt Ritchie on that left hand side if he if he needed to make a change there was there was a couple of options he could have he could have gone with but it shows the the faith and the trust that he has in, in Elliot Anderson and in the lad repaired him you know from the first 30 seconds of that second half he was at it he was energetic he was physical he was he was um he was front foot um, and he was a real threat in the opposition box as well. Could have had a couple of goals. Obviously, the one that was disallowed was a was a scandalous decision. I think we all we all recognise that. Um, but taking away that and taking away his disappointment, I'm sure he'll be very very pleased and very proud with his performance in that second half because he was one of the catalysts um, for Newcastle in terms of dominating that that second period. No, 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 no doubt about it. And uh, you know, hopefully, we will see him back on the pitch very soon and, and getting that goal, breaking that duck. Um, I think that's what all the fans would like to see. Lots of comments coming in about the game, so we'll we'll come to them now. Alan Thompson says, Ross Forest fans say Shelby sits deep on the centre back's feet. Um, he's slow. He gives needless fouls away, uh, but has a good long Hollywood pass going wrong. Uh, going uh, wrong. Uh, isn't this why um, map to grid? We got rid of him. Um, you know, Shelby, you know, he, he spent most of the game kicking people, didn't he, Ross? I mean, there was very little Hollywood ball, I thought, on uh, on that night. But yeah, I mean, I don't know whether Forest fans are happy with him or not, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, I, I just I just think he showed why we got rid of him with his performance. He absolutely did. 100% did. I've, and I've, not, I've never really been a John Joe Shelby fan. I think he's at times he's he's got quality in him, but he never does it consistently. He's... He's um he's never been my type of player, if I'm being brutally honest. Um and I thought he was I thought he was bang average on, on Friday night. He's <clears throat> he could have been he, he probably could have been sent off for, for at least two of the tackles that he that he put in. And even if it even if they weren't straight red, some of them were 
with yellows um, and, and could have, you know, just an accumulation of fouls. Um, his passing range it was just, you know, typical Shelby, just to, in terms of, there was a, there was a couple of times he, he tried the, the Hollywood Roy the Rover stuff and it just went out of play or whether he just didn't get a foot in the game. He didn't dominate in the game. Newcastle's midfield overran Forrest's um, and he, he, he showed exactly why he's, he's, you know, Eddie House said that he likes, he likes John Joe Shelby. And, and there's no doubt at all Eddie Howe didn't want John Joe Shelby to leave in January. But let's be honest about that. You know, if, if Eddie Howe had his, had his, had his way, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have wanted Shelby to to leave there. He felt it weakened the squad, and he liked him as a character around the, the players. But you know, Shelby was is miles away from that that Newcastle team now. You know, in terms of in terms of what Bruno uh, brings, even in terms of the energy and the legs that, that Longstaff and and Willock and Joe Linton bring, the physicality, the ability to to press high up and retain possession, control a game in different ways. Um, yeah, his passing range is great at times, and, and sometimes he, you know, he'll win with with great goals and stuff like that. But um, I thought he was really, really average on on Friday night. Um, and and if he was wanting to to send a message to to Eddie Howard in Newcastle about why he should have stayed or, or remained, he, he certainly didn't. Uh, he didn't succeed in that regard. No, no, definitely not. Okay, uh, next question uh, from John Askew says: Should Anderson start versus Manchester United? Good question. Good, good question. He can't have done any more, really. Um, and I think Eddie Howe will have a couple of of selection decisions to, to make. Obviously, Joe Linton's back, as we've uh, as we've discussed. Um, and for me, is probably still ahead of, of Elliot Anderson. But you know, Anderson couldn't have done any any more. I think I think all being all things being well, I think there'll be one place up for. Up for grabs against against Man United, and that would be that left hand side role, that left hand side of the of the front three, if you like. Um, and it'll either be um, it'll either be Elliot Anderson or, or Joe Linton. I think I don't see ESM starting that game, even if he is hundred percent fit. I just think or oh, Anthony Gordon will probably not be quite fit for that as well. So Elliot Anderson couldn't have done any more. He put himself, uh, he did, he put himself about. He put himself in great positions. He showed why Eddie Howe rates him so, so highly. So it'll be it'll be a tough call for, for Eddie Howe against Man United, I think. No, it definitely will be. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Uh, any injury update on Nick Pope? Says Tom. No more than what I've um, what I've what I've read and, and what's been said. Um, he's obviously pulled out the England squad with a with a, um, an injury issue, which he's which he's been carrying um, for a couple of games. So. I don't know any more than that. If I'm being honest, I don't think it's, I'd be surprised if it was anything serious because of just the nature of, um, you know, he came through the game on, on, uh, on Friday, um, fine and, and looked okay. So we'll just have to wait and see on that one. Yeah. I mean, we're led to believe that it's, uh, it's something he's been a niggling injury that he's had for the last few weeks and he's been playing through the pain barrier. I think that was the story that I'd seen, uh, Tom, and that uh, ultimately, you know, he, he should be fine. Well, will be fine for the uh, for the next Newcastle United fixture. Uh, I did see somebody in the chat as well asking, will he be travelling to Dubai to spend time with the players? One would imagine that uh, he's not going to want to miss out on that and um, whatever he can do to, uh, to recover with regards to the, you know, with, with regards to his injury, be able to do in Dubai probably slightly better than at Newcastle by himself. So yeah, BT, that's who it was who uh, who asked the question. Stephen Kennedy asks a question on uh, a lot of people's lips as well, which is any thoughts of the standard of refereeing, Ross? So moving away from VAR, um, it is up to the man. It, it is up to the man in the middle, and you know the standard of refereeing at times has been uh, has left a lot to be desired, but. Yeah, I mean, thoughts on on the referee on Friday, and the thoughts of the referee in in, in general at the moment. Uh, we could have a we could have a full show on this one, Steve. Um, Good, yeah. <laughs> for me, the the standard of refereeing in this country right now is really really poor. I think for the Premier League, which is the richest, arguably the best league in the world, with the uh, the finances behind it, with um, with the caliber of, of managers, the best managers in the world, the caliber of players, um, 
the 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 whole you know stature and status of of the Premier League to have this the standard of officiating is it it it's it's really quite embarrassing I think for the Premier League the the levels of of refereeing um, and not just refereeing I know you know we've talked about um, about about VAR plenty but the referees are still in control of VAR the, the way that they, it's interpreted the way that they they handle it I think it's just it's really really poor and I and I wouldn't be surprised if at some point the Premier League if they can't get the, the referees up to a better standard that they start have, having to go elsewhere and try to try to bring referees in from from other countries from from um, from wherever it may be Scandinavia Europe further afield um, because for the for the Premier League to be classed as the best league in the world it's got to have the best of everything it's got it's got the best players it's got the best manager it's got the best best marketing in the in the in the best some of the best grounds it's got it's got everything else really going for it other than the standard of, of, of officiating it's and it's every week and it's every other game it's not it's it's we can't we're not just picking a, a handful of um of examples out here it's every game there's an issue there's an incident and it's it you know friday i just i couldn't believe some of the things i was saying and I, and and by the way i mean for both teams yeah i don't think i don't you know there were some tackles that that forest players put in on on newcastle uh, players which were which you thought this is a and that's a dangerous tackle. It's in in then the the foul that the the forest lad Dennis eventually got booked for. I thought it was a good tackle. He, I thought he won the ball. It was just nonsense. And then you know second half there was he made a couple of the ref made a couple of bad decisions against against Newcastle. And then he seemed to want to even it up and give give Forest a couple of decisions. It was it was just madness. I thought I thought it was um I thought it was a really shocking performance. By a referee, and then you know the 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 kind of the the gleaming turd of, of it all was that was the 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 disallowed goal, which you just look back and you think, what on earth were they thinking? What on earth was the what was the VAR official thinking, getting him to go over to the monitor? And then what was he doing? Why isn't he just big enough? Do they not know the rules? Big enough and, and brave enough to say, actually, no, that's that's a it's a it's a legitimate goal. There's no, um, there's no flouting of any rules or offside or anything there. It was just an absolute scandalous decision, which fortunately didn't cost Newcastle. On another day, it, it will cost. It could have cost them, and it, it's cost them in the past. But it's not just Newcastle. This is this is happening to other clubs, to other teams, uh, week in week out across the Premier League, and and. Something's going to have to change because it's um, it's becoming a bit of an embarrassment for the for the league. I think. Yeah, no, it definitely is. Uh, Mark Edward Brown says, "I think it's about time uh, that the Premier League thought about approaching the best referees in the world to ref over here." Uh, that also stops most of the arguments about where the refs are from and who they support, which is a good suggestion. Uh, getting back to Nick Pope, BT says, "I think the injury is with his fingers. I did notice tape around his fingers." When he took off his gloves, John Hackett. Good morning. Says morning, lads. Any truth in the McTominay links? Yeah, I mean that's doing the rounds again, isn't it? Ross Scott McTominay from uh, Manchester United. I, I genuinely can't see Newcastle and Manchester United doing uh, doing a great deal of business. I've got to be perfectly honest, and I don't think McTominay's better than what we've got. Uh, it's an interesting one. It, it won't go away, and I, and I think there's there is truth in it. I think there is there's absolutely um, there is absolutely something in it. Um, Newcastle. Like him, um, and have scouted him, and have watched him, and, and know what he's about. I, I, I don't think there's, um, I don't think there's any any doubt in that. You know, I think we'll all have our own opinions on on Scott McTominay and whether he's um, whether he's better than what we've got, um, whether he's he's a step up or a mark market step up from um, from Longstaff, Bullock, Bruno, etc., etc. Um, Newcastle are light in in centre midfield. We all know that, and they need at least one more body. In there, um, possibly, possibly two. Um, you know, I think they need somebody who is who is a bit more defensive minded and who can who can sit and and protect the the back four. They also obviously need a, a little bit more creativity further further up in that midfield as well. So I do think there's probably two positions that need strengthening in that in that centre midfield area. Um, I don't mind Scott McTominay. I think he's I think he's 
I think he's okay. I think he's decent. I think he, what he will give, he'll give depth and he will give uh, experience at, a, at the highest level. You know, he's played in, in Europe. If Newcastle are looking at getting into Europe in, in the next season or two, uh, hopefully this season, but but if not the next season or two, then he's, he's got that experience in there. He will add depth and in, in, in strength in that midfield. Whether he becomes a certain, a, a guaranteed starter, you, you, you know, I don't know, but... Um, I don't think it's the the worst link in the world. I don't think it's 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 the worst target. I can certainly see why why Newcastle are interested in. Yeah, I, I, John Askew says have we not already got a better version of McTominay called Sean Longstaff? I would agree. I think Sean Longstaff just needed to find consistency. John, that was the player I was thinking of, and he he generally has improved massively. And like I said, the biggest compliment you can pay Sean Longstaff and Joe Willock is that we haven't missed Joe Linton. Everybody was groaning when we knew that that suspension was coming, and and ultimately for me, I just generally, you know, I just generally wouldn't thank you for McTominay, um, and I just I struggle to see how we'd get in, and I'd much prefer to chase James Madison, which, depending on which division Leicester in, might be a lot cheaper than it could have been if we pursued him in the last two windows. So it will be interesting to see. I think Newcastle will be even higher than Scott McTominay. Uh, gone are the days of Newcastle taking the top six cast off cast offs I think and um yeah we've had a lot of them in our time supporting Newcastle United that is for certain Sparky D this is a good point he says Jacob Murphy deserves special praise for his last two performances as well and yeah I haven't mentioned him Ross but you know Jacob Murphy Toon fan has come in and done what a wing I should do run up and down the line uh get to the byline and put decent balls in and he's you know he's again you know really done well um, in, in the last couple of games. It'll be interesting to see how Eddie Howe manages that situation as well. Yeah, no, I think he's done fantastically well. He's I've got a lot of time for, for Jacob Murphy. Um, I think he's a genuine, honest um, footballer who who has his limitations, like everybody does, and, and but is someone who is willing to put 100% in every game. He, he, he won't go hiding. He loves playing for this club. Which I don't think can be um, should be underestimated. You know how much he, you know that matters. He, he's got a passion for the club. He's a he's a he's a fan. He's a you know been a fan since he was a he's he was a kid, and he just wants to succeed at this club. Look, is Jacob Murphy the, the right player to to take Newcastle onto that next level? I think we can we can all probably agree that that that's probably not the case. But where Newcastle are now, and it's not always about individuals, it's about players who will fit into a team ethic, who will, who will contribute towards a team, who will um who will who are willing to to sacrifice personal kind of glory and, and personal platitudes to to fit into that team. I think his performances have been really, really good. Since in every you know he, I thought he was excellent in the in the brief cameo that he had in the cup final when he came on. I thought he looked a real bright spark. And since then he's 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 kind of every time that he's come on he's not let anybody down. His performances, the, the 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 chances that he created, um, he got himself into a couple of good positions himself on uh, on Friday night. He does need to maybe just improve on that. If he could, if he could get that little bit of end product, you know, score, start scoring a couple of goals. But like um, what happened with with Miggy Almiron, where where he went on a bit of a, a scoring spree and, and and started converting his chances. Jacob Murphy could do that. Then you know, I think that would take his game on the next level. But yeah, you know, I've, I've Big fan of what he's done over the last um, the last few weeks. Mm. Yeah, Mark Edward Brown agrees with me. He's agreed. Why would we even consider buying a Manchester United reserve these days? Yeah, those days have gone. I would take Madison and James Ward Prowse in the summer, says Tom Dixon. Either one of them would do me, Tom. I've got to be perfectly honest. Uh, I'd love either one of them at the club. Upgrade on Bruno. Come on, Ross. There may only be one De Bruyne, and he's too old. Yeah, I, I see where Ross is coming from, David. But um, you know, an upgrade what? on Bruno is something that Newcastle will be looking to do as time moves on. That I think this is the Absol- thing we, 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 we have to Absol- get used to that, don't we? Absolutely, one hundred percent. All I'm saying about Scott McTominay is that you're not. It's about building the squad. It's about building about. It's about building some depth into this squad. And at the minute, Newcastle have probably got four mid- centre midfielders. Um. And that's that's it. Four for three positions. They've got they've got Bruno. They've got Tom, uh, They've got Bruno. They've got Longstaff. They've got Willick and Joe Linton. Pretty much four for 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 three positions. You need depth. You need some some strength and depth. What Newcastle like? What Eddie Howe likes? What what the the players that they've targeted 
and brought into the club. I've got Premier League experience. Kieran Trippier, Nick Pope, um, Matt Target, Dan Byrne, all got Premier League experience. Okay, so all been brought in with you know, Anthony Gordon. All players that have played at this at the, at, in the Premier League and know what it's about, and they've and it, got the right characters and, and fit in. So I don't think Newcastle have made many, if any, major errors in terms of the recruitment in in the transfer windows and in, in the transfer market since um, since. The, the new ownership came in since Dan Ashworth and, and Eddie Howe and everybody else came into the club. So they've identified Scott McTominay as somebody who who they think is the right character and who, who can potentially add something to that that squad. I think it's a decent I think it's a, a decent link. I think he's a decent player. I'm not saying he's world class and I'm not saying he's 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 better than Bruno or he's better than this player or that player. But I think he's somebody who will add something to that Newcastle squad. He will add depth and experience and um, you don't get to play for for Man United and all the games that he's played for Man United under under Mourinho, under Van Hal, under Ten Hag, under this that. that. And yeah, he's not in, maybe he's not a, a starter at the minute, but you don't get to play all those games without having something about you. Whether you you you, you I understand people not wanting to take Man United reserves or, or what they perceive as Man United reserves because Newcastle have been have been um, have been stung by that in the past uh, with certain players, you know, taking kind of cast offs. I do get that, but at the minute I've got real trust and faith in the recruitment and the scouting and the 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 um that department um of the club at the minute. I think they've made a lot of good good decisions recently. Scott McDominay is one that they that they're really keen on. Um let's just see what happens over the summer, I suppose. Yep, definitely. Alan Thompson says even if Anderson doesn't start against Manchester United, it's great to have options, especially when Gordon and Almiron come back. And again, yeah, Almiron. I mean, right. you know, a, a long-term injury for him, long-term, uh, because you know we're running out of games. But you know, five or six, you know, five or six weeks, we were told he, he could be out. We don't know whether that's true or not. We haven't really had you know any serious confirmation from from the club on that. But um, obviously, they will be assessing the situation and, and seeing how things uh, are going. John Askew says, uh, is the negativity? surrounding Wilson a bit over the top. He's been off the boil for a few weeks, but surely it's too early to write him off. With Isaac, there could be a quality combo there if Eddie goes for it. I mean, I, I can't ever see him playing two up top, um, especially this season when, you know, ultimately Newcastle United have, have done so well with this particular formation and and the players seem to know it and, and you know, enjoy it, I guess, and, and play well in it. So, it, you know... I haven't seen a great deal of negativity around Wilson, but I have seen a lot of people, including Tom Dixon this morning. Do you think we'll go for a striker this summer? There's already that thought of, you know, replacing Wilson. But that's the case with most of the team. You know, we're going to have to replace players who are going. Some players' contracts are up. You know, other players are, you know, past the sell-by date. We will be replacing players. But is, is there has there been any over-the-top criticism of Wilson? He's just going through a bad run, Ross, isn't he? He is going through a, a bit of a bad spell. He's clear. There's clearly some issues there around his fitness. You know, he, he didn't. Uh, he had obviously uh, fitness issues during the week, and um, one of the reasons why Eddie Howe ultimately decided not to call him off the bench on on Friday night, even though Newcastle were, were chasing a goal in the last um, in the last 20 25 minutes. Um, he's look, he, he's not 100 right, but in he's he's going through a bit of a, a spell, but. Um, I think he's still got a lot to, to offer Newcastle. I think he's still a valuable player for the for the squad, for Eddie Howe, for uh, for the way Newcastle want to play. Um, could Tim and, and Isaac play together? I agree with you, Steve. I don't think it'll be as a two, uh, un, unless under extreme circumstances where they might, you know, they might be going for broke in the last in the last fifteen minutes or so. Um, I thought it was interesting that Eddie Howe moved. Alexander Isak over to the left-hand side for the last five, ten minutes of the first, the first half on Friday night, and switched uh, ESM through the middle, um, and Isak was almost playing as a as a left forward, which I think um, a lot of people have, have thought that he that that might suit him as well. He, he ended up getting his goal, his first goal from there from that left-hand side. Don't think it's his preferred position or his best position. I think he's he's a you know he, he prefers to. Work from the outside, uh, from the inside to, to out, and, and start centrally and, and move into those wide positions. But he can play as a as maybe as a, a wide forward as well, with with potentially with Callum Wilson through the middle. Um, I think, yeah, I think hopefully you know a couple of weeks off now, a break, go to Dubai, do a bit of training, no games, 
Um, he's obviously not in the England squad as well, uh, Callum Wilson. Hopefully, gives him a chance to get get his niggles and get his uh, get his fitness sorted, um, and he can come back and have a real strong end of the the season with Newcastle. Yeah, fingers crossed. Um, think they are going to have a behind closed doors fixture, so maybe that's a chance for him to get a a little bit of a run out and um, maybe get that monkey off his back and you know get that goal that he needs to you know to get his confidence back up and and you know you know move forward. That's that's what we want. Okay, halfway through the short time for the ads. Big thanks to all our sponsors. Thanks to Skips and Bins, telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website skipsandbins.com. Easy contract free and pay-as-you-go waste collection. Thanks to Mr Vicky's Sources, handmade in Cumbria. And you can find them at mrvickys.co.uk. Email info at mrvickys.co.uk and place an order by phone on 01768 210102. Thanks to Fruit Vita Getaways. Book your holidays or short breaks in the UK or around the world with them. Uh, let them find your happy place. Abta and Atoll registered. You can contact them uh, by emailing fruitvitagetaways at gmail.com. Call or text 0792 842 7895 and join their Facebook group at Getaways. Thanks to Media Arts for all the technical help and videos that they do. And thanks to qtechshop.co.uk, the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls End, Newcastle. If you want to join the channel, click join and uh, you can see the various rates that you can pay to help support us. Uh, if you want to join uh, by subscribing, hit the subscribe button. That is free. Uh, hit the thumb up under the video uh, to help the algorithm and click share to share to other social media platforms. Uh, if you do subscribe, we do give you a free car sticker. Uh, just email John at nufcmatters.com and he will post you one out. If you want to join the cult, which is a one-off payment of £25, uh, where you get a scarf, a pen, a cup and uh, uh, entry into the monthly draw, then go to nufcmatters.com and look for the cult membership uh, or put your phone over this smart code and uh, it will take you straight there. We are available as well as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean and the rest and we do support the food bank on this channel. Uh, so if you want to make a virtual donation from anywhere in the world, go to nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk and put your money into the match day bucket. We've got some events coming up. Uh, first off in April, uh, April 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th and 11th. Peter Beardsley Soccer School is back for ages 6 to six, 16 years. Uh, go to peterbeardsleysoccerschool.com for more information. And evening with John Anderson at the Time House Surf Cafe, Tuesday the 18th of April. Uh, book your tickets direct from the venue. And evening with Frank Clark and John Gibson two nights later, uh, Thursday the 20th of April at the Irish Centre. Uh, tickets from nufcmatters.com. And evening with Nobby Solano at Laurels in Whitley Bay is May the 11th. Uh, so uh, contact the venue direct if you want to go uh, to that event. And we've got our NUFC Matters end of season party. Uh, which is the 27th of May at 7 o'clock. Tickets are at tenner from nufcmatters.com. And evening with Rob Lee at Louis Liquor Store at 1st of June. And uh, tickets direct from the venue. And then evening with Rob Lee, Lee Clark and John Beresford, Friday the 2nd of June at the Grand Hotel Gosforth, which is an aid of the Healand Tour charity. And you can get your tickets direct from them at the healandtour.org.uk website. Just click events. A little bit later in the year, an evening with Gavin Peacock, July the 10th. Uh, tickets from nufcmatters.com for that one. And if you like your boxing, a night of champions featuring Frank Bruno, Ricky Hatton, Nigel Benn and Joe Calzaghi. Uh, tickets for that one from goldstarpromotions.com. Uh, BT asked earlier, has Fabian Shares been playing well in the team? Is there any truth that he leaving the summer, Ross? I've not heard anything on that one. Um... No, that's that would be news to me. I think, I think he's been excellent this season. Been probably one of the um, if you were if you were picking your player this season at this point, I think he'd certainly be in the in the mix. He'd been your top top three or four. Um, I've not heard about him about him leaving in the in the summer. He's obviously at a, at a you know he's he's wrong side of thirty now, and and I think Newcastle will will look to sign a, at least one centre half in the summer. Um, and, and put a bit of pressure on on Sharon Botman and, and add, again add a little bit of of depth um, to it. But I've not heard um, I've not heard about him potentially leaving in the summer. No. Uh, Real Madrid would not be willing to pay forty million euros up front for Gabri Vega. Is there any truth that Newcastle would be interested? 
Been linked with him. Been linked with him. Uh, talented young um, young Spanish player, in, the, in, in you know who's, who's made a real impact and breakthrough in, in La Liga this season. Um, attacking midfielder um, fits fits the kind of profile, I suppose that that Newcastle will, will be looking for. They will be looking for, like we said, some uh, midfield reinforcements in, in, in an attacking sense, whether that's a, a James Madison or or whoever it may be. Um, Alex Scott at, at, at Bristol City is another one that they that they rate um, rate highly. Um, I know they have been linked with with Vega, but again, I, I don't know any more than that. Yeah, uh, Tom Dixon. I've got to be honest, mate. This this story that the Chronicle ran about Calvin Phillips and Bruno swap deal, I, you know, the first place I saw that was Big Frank Chipper on social media. Um, hardly the uh, the the man who's in the know about transfers, uh, Ross. I mean, that's ludicrous. I've got to be honest. I did groan when I saw the Chronicle run that one. I don't think it's. I mean, I've read the piece that the that the Chronicle have uh, that was done in the Chronicle. It's um, it's it's one that um, that that they've been that they've been linked with. Um, you know, there's. I think. I think what you have to be aware of, and I've, I've said this all the time with with transfers, is that um, there's there's so much speculation, there's so much rumor and counter rumor. Players of you know of Bruno's quality are going to get linked with other clubs. They're going to get linked with 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 other clubs. Newcastle in the next year or two, I can or I can almost guarantee within the next twelve to eighteen months, Newcastle will receive a huge offer for Bruno Guimaraes. I think they'll they'll receive a, a massive offer from from somebody if he continues the form and the in the the way that he's playing. Yeah. Um, he will. He, you know the best clubs in the in the world, whether it's it's Madrid or Barcelona or um, or PSG or or Man City or whoever it is, will will be interested and in be watching them and monitoring them because they will be thinking if Newcastle can't deliver what what Bruno wants in terms of trophies and in terms of um, of European football, which we hope that they that they will be able to, but if, if they can't match his ambition on the pitch uh, by winning silverware, then they'll look to they'll look to come in, in from. So every club in, in in every top club in in Europe will be keeping an eye on, on Bruno because of his ability, because of the way that he's been playing, um, and because of um, because he's one of the, the the best in his position in the in the Premier League, in my opinion. So Man City will be will be in, interested, I'm sure. Um, you know Newcastle have had an interest in Calvin Phillips previously, but I don't think Newcastle would ever entertain at this point in time swapping um, swapping Bruno for any other player. Yeah, me neither, mate. And um, we're, we're building, and, and you've got to remember as well, the Saudis don't like second best. This is this is the the big thing I think is is our owners. They they won't settle for that. And and I think you know if if Bruno was causing a problem behind the scenes, if Bruno was a, a negative a negative influence in that dressing room, I think that there would be truth in that in that particular story, that particular move. But you know, at this moment in time, Bruno's happy with us. We're happy with him, and um, I think I think that's it. And I think until the time comes. That Newcastle are, are looking to, you know, look for the next best thing. Um, you know, Bruno will will be here, but again, they're all assets. You know, Newcastle United's players are assets. They're all sellable assets, and if they can, you know, like we saw back in the days of Keegan, if uh, you know, if the manager and the uh, the team around him feel that um, you know they can get rid of one and bring in another, you know, for example putting Andy Cole out and, and eventually bringing in Celez, um and, and, and then going for Alan Shearer. That's the way that it'll work. And, you know, I don't think people need to start worrying about players, you know, leaving and not being replaced. We're not a selling club anymore. We're a buy-in club, limited by fin- financial fair play. But generally, uh, Newcastle fans have got a lot to get excited about, a lot to be excited about. And David, you're right. Bruno is a big part of that beating heart of the dressing room. But we do know he's ambitious. Should Newcastle go the next couple of seasons without winning anything? I think Ross is right. There could be there could be bids in the summer. We don't know, but I genuinely feel that for now, Bruno's happy, loves the fans, loves the club, and um, you know I think he'd want to you know he want to continue in the same vein. But uh, yeah, let's see. John Hackett says whoever we sign needs to be a first team player. The players they replace will become strong squad players. I trust Eddie and his team. Whoever we go for, they will have been scouted well. Uh, are the six uh, apparent six positions we want to improve in the Telegraph right, Ross? I haven't seen the article. I presume that's something to do with uh, uh, maybe Luke Edwards. Uh, maybe I don't there's, know. But is there, have you seen that? I haven't seen it. 
there's a there's a couple of pieces that have uh, that have been knocking around about um about um positions that Newcastle want to strengthen. And this is kind of a, an ideal um an ideal kind of hit list. So the athletic ran a piece. Uh, George Corkin did a piece in the athletic and I've not seen a fluke's done a piece in the in the, the telegraph at all uh, 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 um or not. But the, there is a there is you know I think there's there is six or so positions that Newcastle in an ideal world in the summer will want to 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 strengthen in terms of taking um, Newcastle onto the onto the next level in terms of strengthening the squad um, and those those positions are you know they're, they're looking for a right sided centre half um, to challenge Fabian Scher. Um, you know obviously Jamal Lascelles has has done has done really well um, in the couple of games that he's come in but. I think they want somebody who's a bit more comfortable on the ball, a bit more of a ball playing centre half to 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 um, to challenge Fabian Scher, who's of, who's you know thirty one now. We, we just talked about he's 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 wrong side of thirty now. Um, they're looking for for players of a of a younger kind of mix, you know, like a Sven Botman who who's got that left sided position fairly secure. Um, so they're wanting that right sided centre half, left back. They're still looking at a, at a left back, and I know Newcastle have got. Numerous options at left back, and on uh, on Friday night, had on the bench had five players who who played left back for the for the team in, in Matt Tog, it's Paul Dummett, Jamal Lewis, Matt Ritchie, and, and Javier Manquillo, who all on the bench on Friday night, and all had played at some point at left back for for Newcastle, and that was with Dan Byrne as well in the in the starting eleven. But they want a more orthodox left back. I don't think Matt Target has nailed that position down. Obviously, Dan Byrne has has done really well there, but um, again, they're looking at it. At a left back and, and players like you know, uh, Kieran Tierney's been been linked in, in one or two others. Two midfielders we've talked about a, a kind of a, a kind of number six, if you like, and in, in, in someone who would protect that back four, and then somebody who's a who's who can play a bit bit further up. Um, you know, a, a James Madison type or a or that kind of attacking midfielder, and then potentially two forwards as well. Um, um, wide forwards or a, or a central striker as well. So they're kind of the, the six positions that have that have been mentioned. I think that's in an ideal world. Um, I don't don't think they'll, they'll they'll probably get all six all six players um, nailed down in, in the in the summer. But it's in terms of what we've talked about in, in terms of adding that depth, adding that strength. If Newcastle are going to be playing in Europe and still trying challenge in the Premier League. I think we all know that they need more quality, more strength and depth. Um, um, and whether they can get all that in, in this summer or not, or it might take a, a couple of transfer windows, but but that's certainly the, the aim and those, those are the key positions that they're, they're looking at. Uh, Ross, a lot of pundits have said that we don't have the experience for a run-in, but a lot of our players are experienced pros and I don't think the pressure will phase them. What are your thoughts? I think it's a really interesting point. Um, I think... It's not necessarily about the experience. It's about the depth, the strength and depth when when injuries and, and everything else starts to bite and, and whether the, the team's still got that, will still have that that quality to when the when the pressure's on, when it when the games are tight, when they need to mix things up or when injuries are starting to bite, then then whether they've got that that depth and, and strength. For the final push to the season, you know Spurs are obviously going through a little bit of uh, turmoil at the minute, and, and you know Antonio Conte will more than likely lose his job by by the end of this week, possibly by the end of this show. Um, it, it Liverpool are, are so inconsistent, but they do have real, real quality in their ranks. Um, you know, you look at Liverpool's options up front, the, the front kind of five. Uh, when they do click, it's it's frightening, and, and Spurs have got your Harry Kane's and. And whatever who can pull, who can just pull games out of a, out uh, tight games out of, out of the hat and, and win them with a with a moment of just quality in the in the eighteen yard box. Newcastle are down on numbers. You saw on on against Forest on Friday the the bench wasn't the strongest. Elliot Hansen did fantastic when he came on, but there wasn't a much else other than maybe Callum Callum Wilson who clearly wasn't fit. With Miggy Almer out for a, a period of time with. Anthony Gordon, we're not sure what will happen there with one or two others who are carrying knocks and niggles. I think it'll be more less about the experience in the squad, but more about the the depth um, when when injuries start to come and the games come thick and fast towards the end of the season. 
Yeah, injuries yeah. do play their part. Suspensions play their part. Manchester United, as we know, when they come to Newcastle in our next game, going to be without Casemiro. Uh, talk of Rashford potentially being out for a while as well. He's been sent home from the England squad. Might just be precautionary. But, um, you know, it, it, it hits all teams. And again, it's how you can adapt, how you can how you can play. And we've seen that when Newcastle. I've already mentioned it on the show there about, you know, the fact that Sean Longstaff, Joe Willock, Murphy um, and... Uh, you know, Anderson in the second half, you know, have made it, you know, made, made it faultless that we're missing the likes of Almiron, Gordon and uh, and, and Joe Linton. It was, uh, you know, a really good performance and I'm, I'm happy. If Isaac and Bruno stay fit, we get first position, says Ian. <laughs> bold prediction, mate. Uh, bold prediction. Uh, Tom Dixon wants you to look at the other end of the table. He says, Ross, there's not many games left. Who do you think will get relegated? I've got to be honest, Ross, this is... Really, this is fascinating, uh, this whole relegation battle, because for Newcastle United not to be in it, first of all, is is, is brilliant. You know, we're, we're all delighted that, you know, we're not involved in it. But if you look at the, the bottom of the table, Southampton, 23 points, Bournemouth, 24 points, West Ham, 24 points. That's your bottom three. But then you go up to 12th, where Crystal Palace are, who, of course, have just parted ways with their manager. Um, and potentially bringing in Roy Hodgson again. 27 points there on. There's only, you know, it's three points difference between, you know, 12th place and, you know, the, the, the bottom three. It's, it's, it's incredibly tight, Ross. It is, it is. Roy Hodgson's been appointed this morning as well, Steve. So he's he's in a palace until They'll the end of the season. Yeah, he's in, he's in a palace until the end of the season now. So um, I think it's, it's, it's ridiculously tight, isn't it? It's... You know, you've got three points effectively, four points separating the bottom bottom nine clubs. Um, unbelievable, unbelievably tight. Palace are on a shocking run, hence obviously why Vieira lost his job. Um, haven't won this year yet, um, and you know, have somehow still managed to cling on to to twelfth position. But you know, I, I think it's 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 almost too tight to, to call. You know, one win for for somebody, and, and all of a sudden they're they're out of the they're out of the drop zone, or the you know the 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 picking up points. You know, Southampton, you wouldn't have had Southampton coming back from from three one down to, to get a point against Spurs. You wouldn't have necessarily had Everton coming back in, in at Stamford Bridge to, to get a point against um, against Chelsea. Just when you think Leeds are going to get dragged right into it, they they produce a, a great win against. Against Wolves, just when you you know Everton have had a couple of really good uh, results, but they're still in there. You know, Forest looked like they pulled themselves out of there, and then you know now they're only a couple of points adrift. Leicester seem to be in free fall. It's it's a real tough one to 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 call. But seeing as I've been asked, I, I, I will give it. I'll not sit on the fence, and I'll say if I had to pick three now, I would say Southampton, Bournemouth, and probably. I'm going to go Leeds. Southampton, Bournemouth and Leeds for me. Okay. Uh, I've just took a link in the chat as well. I haven't mentioned this, um, you know, since since it went up there, but I am doing the Great North Run again. Doing it with Vince, actually, one of our mods. And um, we did it last year. So I'm doing it for the Teenage Cancer Trust, as is Vince. So I've stuck the link in. If anybody wants to uh, sponsor me, then the uh, the link is there. Still plenty of time, of course, but um, it's nice to get that money in early. I've got to hit 345 quid for the uh, Teenage Cancer Trust this year. I'm at £200 already, though, so uh, I've got a, a good start. So click the link in the chat if you can help. BT says, do you believe that eight more wins should get us into the Champions League? Nine would make sure. Stu Penman did a wonderful analysis of this on the uh, the show at the weekend, The Professionals. Just, just you know, more or less, you know, anticipating that Newcastle will get, on average, two points a game before now in the end of the season. And, you know, it, it means really that Spurs have to go on a monumental run to, to, to overtake Newcastle, especially with Newcastle having two games in hand. Um, I still think the biggest threat to Newcastle's, you know, getting into the Champions League is Liverpool. I think Liverpool will make some kind of late run. The quality they've got, I'd be very surprised if they don't. The problem with Liverpool, of course, like Spurs, is they're prone to losing a, a really weird game. You know, they, you know, they, they go and beat Manchester United 7-0 and then travel to Bournemouth the following week and lose 1-0. So, you know, ultimately, it's you just you just never know. Um, that, that's the beauty of football. And it's the beauty at the top end of the table rather than the bottom end, you know, being involved in it. But yeah, I mean, what, what, what's, what's your thoughts, mate? Uh, what's what Newcastle on what forty-seven points at the minute? Am I right? Yeah, forty-seven points at the minute. I think I wouldn't be surprised. I think seventy will probably do it. 
it'll probably get you top four. 70 points will do it. Maybe even less this season. Uh, so averaging maybe... two points a game, Stu worked it out that Newcastle would finish on 71 points. Yeah, that, I think that'll, that'll absolutely do it. Absolutely do it. So what, there's 12 games? What, what we've got? How many games left? 12 games left? Yeah. Yeah, 12, 12 games left. I think, I think if Newcastle pick up 22, 23 points from those 12 games, um, the they will they will finish in the top four. That's that's what that is. Eight, let's say eight wins gives you twenty four points. Um, I think probably seven wins will probably be be enough. Um, maybe six and a couple of draws, six and a few draws. So I do think seventy points will, will be enough. It may even be less. It may even be say in a 69. But um, it's going to be really tight. I think. I think Liverpool. Uh, 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 Quite capable of just hitting a, a run of form and going bang, 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 and winning, winning the majority of their games between now and the end of the season. They have got real quality in their ranks, and they have got a, a big, a big squad when everybody's fit. Um, I do think they 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 can go, um, they can go and and, and just push on. Um, Spurs are, as we've said, in a bit of turmoil. It'll be interesting to see what happens after after this international break and in the manager situation and whether that spurs them on, no pun intended, or, or actually kind of, um, I kind of you know knocks them a, a little bit. Um, Man United uh, aren't actually out of it, and you know if Newcastle beat beat Man United in the next game, it, it you know leapfrog them. So it's it's it is going to be really really tight. But I do think I do think probably. If I was if I was a betting man, I would say 68, 69 points would probably be enough. Yeah, somebody made the point last night as well, you know, that, you know, no matter what European competition we end up in, you know, we're going to be playing midweek games. So we might as well be in the Champions League as not be in it. I, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Either way, if you if you finish, what well, I think, European positions, if we, if we finish in the top seven, then you, you're guaranteed a, a European spot. You're going to be playing... Like you say, midweek games, week in, week out, week in, week out. So for me, and I've been asked this before, get in the Champions League, go for the Champions League. It's better than, than playing in the Europa League. And yeah, Newcastle aren't ready for the Champions League. Of course, not. Of course the squad isn't isn't strong enough and, and, and isn't robust enough. It's, it's probably not robust enough at the minute to, to play in Europe in any in either competition because of the, the volume of extra games and the um the strength and depth. But um you know, if you get in that Champions League, the riches, the money, the finance that comes with it, the profile, the the, the ability to attract a better caliber of players because you're in the the top competition. You know, if you're looking at, we've talked about Bruno there. If you're looking at retaining Bruno and somebody's coming in from, um, and you're you've got you can offer him Champions League football next season. Absolutely, absolutely, it's another it's another plus point. It's another reason that players will want to stay or come to to Tyneside. So. I'd love to get in the in the Champions League um, in the Champions League spots. Much better than finish. Much better to finish in the Champions League than, than be punted into the Europa Conference, which or the Europa League, which, admittedly, Newcastle would, would probably fare better in and have a better a better chance of progressing further in. But um, but it doesn't have the the same appeal that the the Champions League does. No, Steve. Liverpool play City, then Liverpool, uh, then then they play Chelsea both away, then Arsenal at home. Are you sure they are our main threat? Let's say Brighton. Brighton always fall away. Look at what they did in that promotion season. You know, I, I just I don't think Brighton are the main threat. I think Liverpool still are the main threat. They do well in the big games, and that's where ultimately it comes down to the the games against the teams around you. The teams they're the games you've got to win. I still think they'll be all right. P. Davison says, relegation nailed on last year and trying to work out what we need for a Champions League finish this year. Who do the thunk? <laughs> yeah, you're right, mate. And uh, soon the days, says David uh, John Cook, where we hope for opponents to lose players will be gone because we will have the squad to win full strength te- against full strength teams. Uh, Ian Toon Trader says, Liverpool are all over the place for me and they've got some really hard games coming up. Alan Thompson says, Stephen Ross, if you could pick one player now, which player would it be? Me, I like the player from Fulham, uh, Polina. Sorry if it's not spelt right. I still want Madison, mate. Um, I still think that Madison would be an improvement um, on the squad, and and I think Madison is 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 the key for me. Um, what about you, Ross? One one player. Oh, one player. One Harry player. Kane up front as well. By the way, yeah, I, I, oh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I've never changed those two players. I think Kane seeing his career out in Newcastle and beating Shearer's record here rather than at Tottenham would be fantastic. Yeah, I can see. Um, I think 
one play, to, to choose one player would be very, very, very difficult. Madison would definitely add something different to that midfield. But if I had to, if I had to choose a position, I'll go for a position more than a player. I would say that's that central striker, that goal scorer, that's somebody who's going to get you 25 goals a season, whether it's a Kane or Haaland. I'm not obviously saying that Newcastle will be able to sign those types of players, but somebody of real class and quality through that middle who will finish chances um, with more consistency and regularity than what the, the current forwards do. Because I think we create plenty of opportunities still and, and Madison would probably create more. Um, and But the, the, the creation of the opportunities isn't always the, the issue. It's it's finishing them off and being ruthless in that in that uh, 18 yard box. Hopefully, Alexander Isaac can continue his, his great form and be that forward. But uh, I'd like to see somebody else up there as well. Gaz says, do you think we can catch Man United? They're playing nine games next month. I th- yeah, I think we can. Um, and again, it comes down to a lot of the games that are played between these these other teams as well, Ross, doesn't it? It does. It's going to be, you know, everybody's, there's still a third of the season pretty much pretty much left, isn't it? You know, yeah. there's, 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 there's a third of the season. I think we're, we're, you kind of get to this point in, end of end of March, start of April, and you think you're banging the running, but because of the World Cup and then games... Uh, the season going on deeper than this. I think we forget that there's still, you know, a lot of games still to be played. Everybody's pretty much got to play um, each other. There's going to be lots of twists and, and turns. The Castle's next six fixtures, to be fair, aren't particularly easy on paper. You know, there's there's, there's hard games in, in terms of the next six. You know, Man United, West Ham scrapping for their lives. Um, who else is there? I think, you know, Villa have shown real improvement. Then the Spurs as well, isn't there? I think then what, Brentford or someone thrown into the mix then as well, um, who, are, who are obviously doing really well as well. I, I think Newcastle's next six games are, are, are crucial. Um, if it can come through the, the next six games and still be in and around that uh, that that top four, top five, then um, then it sets it up really nicely for the for the final push. Yeah, it definitely does. Let's think what the players want. Champions League or Europa League, we know the answer. If they want it badly enough, they'll get top four. Some of our players will never get another chance. Really good point, that Geordie Toomba life. Uh, I'd never say never, but while we are building, we've been handed a great opportunity, says David John Cook. Uh, thanks to everybody in the chat. It's been absolutely brilliant this morning. You've given us some great questions and some great things to debate. And uh, we'll need the same next week from you guys, because obviously no game this weekend. Of course, we'll be able to talk about England. Uh, Ross, anything you need to promote? Anything you want to push? And uh, how is Wickham doing? Uh, yeah, we're, we're doing okay. We had uh, had a good win on on Saturday. Played uh, played seventy minutes with ten men and, and won four one. So uh, that was that was decent. Got Bishop Auckland tonight. A nice trip up the up the Bishop Auckland on a on a Tuesday night. They're flying their their top down second top. So they're they're going uh, they're going for promotion. So look forward to to that one. And um, and yeah, I'll, I'll save the kind of the links and the work stuff for for next week. We'll have a I'll, We'll have a couple of little bits and bobs. I think we're, we're going to be doing a player of the month poll for Newcastle um, on the Chronicle, which will be interesting if people want to keep an eye out for that and vote for the vote for that player of, of the month for March. Um, few good, few few nominations in there, and and be interesting to see who who comes out on top of that one because there's been some good performances. Have Wickham signed McTominay yet? Says Jordy Tumba Life. Not yet, not yet. I'm still in negotiations. Um, I, I've offered three bags of peanuts instead of the instead of the usual. The usual two, uh, and he doesn't so have just, to sell the domino card. Doesn't have to sell. He, he can go. He can go in the land jackpot. He can go in the land jackpot five hour, five or a month and get a chance to win his two hundred quid. I'll give him. I'll give him that. But uh, but no, I wake him at here. home at the weekend. Ian Toon Trader lives in Wickham. He says I might pop down. Uh, no, unfortunately, we are at Carlisle. He's more than welcome to come through to Carlisle. A bit of a check, but. Uh, We've only got three home games left. Uh, Whitley Bay on a Tuesday, Ashton on a Tuesday, and then CM Red Star on a Friday night, uh, which should be a, should be some good uh, good crowds for those ones. So get yourself down, Ian, and, uh, and um, I'll uh, I'll buy you a coffee as well, mate. There you go. BT says, is there any reason why Bruno's on holiday in the Maldives and Big Joe in Brazil instead of travelling to Dubai? They've been given a bit of time off. A few of the players have uh, to go and see family and friends and whatever they want to do, but they're all going to liaise in Dubai. That's what I've been told anyway. There is uh, there, there is going to be a bit of team bonding going on as well, but uh, certain players are on the injury table. Certain players have been given um, allowances to go off, so it's as, as simple as that. Uh, not nothing, Nothing sinister. 
and uh, nothing strange, but just a, a good way of man managing your squad, I would say. Okay, Ross, as always, thanks, mate, for coming on. Look forward to seeing you next week, mate. Take care. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, everyone.